Um, thank you. Uh, it's lovely. We've just been enjoying the presence of the Lord. Thank you to the worship team for leading us so well this morning. Um, have you been enjoying the presence of the Lord this morning? It's been just wonderful, isn't it? It's great to be in this building um, and to preach in this building. The last time I preached in this building, <clears throat> there was I preached to 15 people. It's nice to see there's been growth. It's coming on nicely now. Um, but there was, it was just awful, you know, because all you lot were in your pajamas at home. That was an awful picture. And then in here, there was 15 people scattered around doing cameras and worship team. Oh, gosh, that seems a, quite a, a, a long time ago, really, in that sense. It's a, just a, a, another chapter. Um, and um, whenever I... I had that privilege in, in, in 2020 of just uh, coming alongside the church, um, March 2020, couple, it's two years now. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's a privilege to come into this church that was pastored by my friend Dave. Um, we uh, did quite a lot together. In 2006, as pastors, we joined the missions department, and he was in charge of Europe, and I was in charge of Africa. And, um, <laughs> and then in 2013, uh, when I became a missions director, he, uh, um, with a, another couple of pastors, helped me shape Elam around the world, and um, did that for five years and uh, good times. And then when I became regional leader, he was on my team and a, and a, and a great big, big help. Um, and I just want to honor uh, the family today. Um, it, was a, it was a privilege to um, stand with the family, uh, Julie and the boys, and also Dave's family. And uh, it was a privilege to lead uh, Dave's mom's funeral as well, um, a, a, a little while later. Um, and uh, since then, Julia has become um, my administrator for the two regions that I lead. And like, you know, absolutely amazing. Um, I couldn't do my job without what Julia does for me, as she does here in the church. She's uh, just a, a tremendous uh, lady, a woman of God. And I just want us all to just to honor, um, it would have been great to see Ben, one, one of Dave's sons, uh, leading worship this morning. I, I thought one of the chords was wrong, Ben. Um, <laughs> did a B flat and it was, didn't come, a, we'll talk about that later. Um, um, ben passed his test this week. And um, amazing. It only took him 10 lessons. And phenomenal, isn't it? It must be really easy now. <laughs> so I took 80, I think. Um, but, but your dad only did nine, so your dad still beat you. Um, amazing. And so can we just... Give a round of applause. That's just what I want to do for Julia, Ben, and Tom. Just honour them. Thank you. And uh, I'm in my four years. I think I think I've only got one one thing right, um, and and that was the appointment of Andy and Lisa to this church. If there's any, if there's anybody. Uh, don't write in. I think I've got something else right as well. I don't know what it was, though. But if, I, if, if there was anybody who had God's hand, chosen hand, it was absolutely clear that it was Andy and Lisa Lenton to follow Dave. And can we just appreciate them? Thank you so much. Are you enjoying it here? How, how is he doing? I mean, I know Lisa's terrific. I know Lisa's just dynamite, you know, she's perfect in every way. But how is he doing? So, 
Has ego problems, don't, don't clap too much. <laughs> Tremendous, it, it's great, it's lovely. And I, I enjoyed working with the elders as well. And uh, it's lovely to see you, just to re reunite in that way. So already mentioned about what's happening, you know, and obviously um, uh, the media is, we, we're, not, we're not off the media, are we? We're just, we're just looking constantly at what the latest is, is going on. Um, uh, at a time of... Um, I've not started, by the way. I've just... Some people time, you know, the time to set the clock. Uh, don't set it yet. Um, somebody came up to me the other day and said, you, you, you do realise you did 43 minutes. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. Um, at a time of an invasion, at a time of famine, at a time of uh, death, at a time of... Um, refugees Isaiah speaks into that time and says arise shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you see darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people's but the Lord rises upon you Isaiah 61-2 next chapter Isaiah 61-1 the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Jesus used that out of that whole context. The answer to the whole world is always Jesus. And, and w w one thing I know, one thing you know as followers of Jesus today is this, is that today we are nearer to the return of Jesus than we were yesterday. It seems like the whole of the world is just longing. You know, and the thing is when Jesus comes back and the Bible says he is coming back, and when Jesus comes back, it's not just to get us to escape from this world. The reason why Jesus is coming back is to make all things new. And there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And I'm looking forward. Are you not looking forward to me, with me, that there is a new world order and his name is Jesus. And he's kind of come back and he's going to make everything brand new. The whole world is longing and there's a groaning within creation for somebody to step in and sort out the mess of the world wherever you look. Jesus is his name. Amen. Within all of that, there's all kinds of stories that are happening and you'll hear wonderful moments of, of stories of God's intervention. I've I got a, a personal story. I've got a friend in, in Kiev. We've got a friend in Kiev. Um, she was a, a, an Elam Bible College student for three years. At the time that we were, her name is Svetlana, and then she ended up in uh, uh, Dewsbury where we pastored. We passed there quite a while. She was there for several years before she went back to Kiev. She escaped with her adopted son out of Kiev, got into Romania um, last week. And then because of um, connections, it's just wonderful to be part of the kingdom of God, isn't it? When you know people and... And the, the, at that time last week, the country that was offering refugee status permanently uh, was Germany. Said, I know someone in Germany, Pastor Dom. So today she's attending his church uh, for the first time with her son. Pastor Dom has arranged for her family to, uh, to, to take care of them. And um, she's going to be working with that refugee project that he's setting it up. Isn't it wonderful that the kingdom of God, the networking that happens when you are followers of Jesus. Is that amazing? So I'm just thankful. We're thankful for what God is doing in, in, in Dom's life. Um, but it, it, it's truly amazing. There, when she was saying, when she was coming out of Ukraine, she talked about miracles and stories and things along the way as we were... Um, moving into Romania, we just saw one thing, one provision of God after another provision of God. God was with us. And that's the story that comes out of thick darkness. And in your life as a follower of Jesus, even when it's, you're going through the thickest of darkness, but there is a glory of God that keeps shining through, keeps coming through, reminding you that I am in control. I want to talk to you this morning about how 
to keep moving into the new chapters of your life. God is continuing to write the story of your life. And I believe this morning, whether you know Jesus or whether you've been a follower for a long time of Jesus, that I want to help you. And I believe that you need someone this morning, just needs some help to move into the next chapter of your life. And that's what I want to talk to you about. And what I'm going to say to you is this, that when, when God is moving you into new chapters, I'm going to be saying to you that you, you can kick back and you can push back and you can say, I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to move and I'm going to remain. You know, there are some people that don't move and they remain in, in one fixed, you know, when, you know when you've met somebody after, after 30 years and, you know, you haven't seen... You haven't seen them for 30 years. Have you ever met anybody you've not seen for 30 years? And you look, look at them, and they were as miserable as they were 30 years ago. There's been no change. They you know, never cracked a smile for 30 years. You know, just the same, you know. You know, you may be one. No. Um, there, you've got an option. You've got a choice. You can say, I don't want, I don't want the next chapter. I don't want to move. And you can, you can remain fixed in, in that place. I'm, I'm going to talk to you about that. I'm going to talk to you about... Um, your fear, and uh, I'm going to encourage you to step into confidence in what God says about you, not what you say about you or what other people say or your circumstance. And, and I'm going to finally then say to you that if, if, if you don't move, God's going to keep on moving and, and he will leave you behind. And, and the, the churches that are declining in Britain are the churches that have said, we're, we're, not, we're not moving forward. <laughs> the church there's a church not far from here I'll tell you the name is it, is it online yeah. Yeah. so the whole world will know when I say brilliant Ripley and um, <laughs> oh I broke a confidence yeah it's fine God knows um, so Ripley um, we appointed a, a pastor brilliant pastor Phil Starbuck do you know Phil Starbuck played football for Nottingham Forest yeah, he was appointed pastor of Ripley in September 2020 and um, went to 12 people and uh, Phil's, an, Phil's an evangelist and uh, Phil said, at Christmas we're going to do some evangelistic events and we're going to do this and this and this and the 12 people said, no we're not. And uh, we're not going to move into it. We're not, we don't do, that's what they, they said to him, we don't do evangelism here. We just like it how we are. So Phil being Phil said, no, we are going to do evangelism. And so the whole 12 people walked out of the church. He phoned up, he said, that we can't have an induction. I've got no people. I, I said, well, I've heard a pruning but that's absolutely ridiculous. I've never heard of a pastor take, you know, from where it is to, to zero. But you know what? He, he said about him and his wife, Claire, said about evangelism and they've been witnessing. And now there's nearly 20 people attending um, that church today on a Sunday. Isn't that amazing? But you see, friends, you know, those 12 people were not wanting to move. And then they've all moved into Derby City Church. All, no, no. I was just thinking, I was telling the story, I was thinking, oh Lord, I hope they didn't come and join me in the sitting on 10th row behind there, because, you know, I just looked across, somebody was really miserable, I thought, might have been them. Uh, <laughs> amen. Are you all right? Are you happy? Good. I want to focus on, I've been really interested about the, the seasonal shifts, the moves in the Bible from chapters to chapters, not the physical chapters, but like in people's lives or when ministries are handed over. And I, I, I've become really fixated about John the Baptist and Jesus and, and how there's a change moving. There's so much you can learn. There's at least 25 points, which will bring us into about two o'clock this afternoon. And then we'll have Bible study groups to discuss those things. So settle back. Thank <laughs> you. 
I'm going to share three things with you. So let me just bring John the Baptist in for a moment. And if you've got your Bibles, we're going to bring him straight in, in chapter 3, Matthew and verse 1. And then we're going to look at a few things, and we're just going to discover some things that will help you move into uh, new chapters of your life. So, so let me bring him in. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the desert of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. So here comes John the Baptist Before we launch into this, I want to say this, is that you're never going to move, you will not progress into all that God is trying to write in your life if you are doubting who you are as a child of God. When you come to Jesus and he forgives your sin and changes your life, he tells you who you are, that you are Man, woman of God, new creature in Christ, saved, assured, forgiven. If you doubt all those things of who you are, you're going to struggle to move into all that God has for you. Here come, why do I say all of, that, all of that? Because here comes John the Baptist, but that's not what he thought he was. What you think about you is crucial You see, actually, uh, from birth, he was John, son of Zechariah. That's who I am. But even that, he didn't even call himself John, son of Zechariah. When people said, are you the prophet? No. They said, are you the Messiah? No. Well, who are you then? He called himself, I'm a voice. That that's who he believed he was. And that was really crucially important because... The day when the baptism stopped, if he really truly believed, that's who I am. I'm the world's Baptist. What would have happened to him when the day the baptism stopped and he was imprisoned because of his voice, speaking about Herod's infidelity when he took his brother-in-law's wife divorced his wife, took Philip's wife, and he spoke out as a voice against that, and he ends up in prison. What would have happened to him in his mental thinking, his emotional well-being, if he was the Baptist? And now look at me, now where where am I? See, who, who you are is crucial, and what you think about yourself is really important, and you need to base your life on what God says about you, Not even what people may say about you, even in a very positive way. It's what the Lord says about you. That's why the Apostle Paul, when he starts his letters, he often starts by saying, hey, before I begin here, I'm a servant. I'm a slave of Jesus Christ. So here comes John. That's our starting point. And here's my first thing I want to say to you. I'm going to say three things, really simple, three things, all beginning with C. What an amazing traditional Pentecostal pastor I am. (laughs) Amen. 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 Preach it now. Preach it. So the first thing is this. Simple. You need to change. You need to be ready to change. So we move in and the handover between John and to Jesus is, is, is almost downplayed. I mean, like, you know, if I was, if I was God, I would have done it differently. But it, it, it just seems uh, just like, well, Matthew has been writing. He's, he's done his gospel. He's done genealogy. He's done, he's, he, he's done John the forerunner. Jesus is baptized, anointed. He's tested. And then John is just sidelined. Come with me into chapter 4, verse 17. I mean, he's just... He's just moved to off-center. There's no pomp. There's no ceremony. There's no announcement. There's no, you know, baton being passed over. There's just verse 17 of chapter 4. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent. Same message. From that time on, Jesus began to preach, 
Could that be said of you from that time on? I wonder about your own life. I wonder what about the chapters that you've gone in. You know that lovely lady <laughs> throwing herself out of a plane. What an amazing, amazing woman. Um, she, she must have been to you who, who know her so well. And her life was made up of so many people and so many situations and so many chapters that will be told going forward. Your life, what's it made up of? Can you recall those moments from, from that time on? There was a seismic shift in my life. From that time on when I changed my job, from that time on when we moved house, from that time on when uh, they died, from that time on when that relationship finished, from that time on when I was so successful I got promoted at work, from that time on when I lost my job, from, from that moment, change happened. 24th of February, from that time on of the invasion, the world changed. Uh, from that time on. That's all that Matthew writes. And Jesus comes and says, repent, repent. You know, I think this word is not an old-fashioned word that is seen for people who are on the street corner telling people to turn or burn. Repent, that word is so needed for your life and my life today because it, it means this, change the way you think. Because if you don't change your mind, you are not going to move into the next chapter of your life. Your thoughts will hold you back. You will remain the same. The reason why you've progressed and the reason why God has moved in your life, over your life, is because at certain moments, he's asked you to change the way you think about your life now. I'm taking you into something new. Ever had a coffee with somebody and regretted it? <laughs> Happens to me all the time. No, it doesn't. But you know, you sit with somebody and you're thinking, oh my goodness me, you're so fixed in your grumbling, complaining, whining about something that happened 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Will you move on? Or will you go to heaven? Because you're occupying space on this earth. <laughs> Ever think that? It comes to me sometimes. We can get so locked in to it. And we, then we say, this is who I am. This is me. This is how God has made me. And I can't change it. So it's so absolute nonsense. It's total rubbish. You know, it's true that you can go through the whole of your life and believe lies about you. And you get to the end of your life, you'll stand before God and you say, oh God, I'm glad I'm here because it was rubbish down there because I, you know, I, was, I was trapped in this whining body the whole of my life. All I knew was complaint. You know, God said, well, you didn't have to do that. You chose to be like that. When I was a pastor, some of the most faithful people were the people who never moved. They were, they, they were the epitome of, I, the Lord, do not change. We need to understand, we need to understand that God is moving, God is bringing change. God's nature doesn't change, but he is moving constantly. He's creating. He's affecting. He's overwhelming. He's transforming. And it's up to you whether you want to be involved in that or not. Because you can remain miserable if you want to. There's another church around the corner that are taking miserable people We'll give you a form 
later. Whatever God has for Derby City Church, it's going to need every one of you to change your thinking. If you want God to use you, you're going to have to change this up here. That's your battle. That's the greatest battle. You know, people, oh, the devil's having a go at me. No, he's probably not. He's not that interested in you. But you're having a battle with yourself. Why does, why, the devil doesn't need have to have to go anywhere near you where you can fight yourself. He's, he, the devil's interested in the, in the followers of Jesus that God is using in the next chapter. And the next chapter, that's where the enemy is wanting to stop. Not people who are sitting at home rocking themselves and going, oh, I just hate this thing. Too warm. Don't like it. Don't like that guy at the front preaching. I don't know who he is. Don't like it. When are we going to go home? What time is it? You know, that, the devil doesn't have to go anywhere near you. You're miserable already. You don't need, oh, miserable, don't need to, don't need to touch Mrs. Blabbermouth. She's, she's real miserable. That's another one ticked off, says me doing that. You know, the devil, devil doesn't need to go anywhere near you. But where there's joy and where there's power and where there's release and where there's movement and where there's people going, God, use me, here I am. The enemy is a little bit concerned about that. Um, so let me, let me go forward. Um, changing, changing, changing. John knew what it was to change. He, he, he would say at another time, I, I need to decrease. I need to get out of the way. Um, in Matthew chapter 11, um, what, what happens in Matthew chapter 11 is that he's, he's in prison. He's in prison and, and, and he's heard that, that what Christ is doing, what Jesus is doing. And he, sends this, he starts to doubt in prison. See, when, when you're in the Jordan River and, and you're baptizing and then you see Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, and then, the, 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 you know, there's just an amazing move of God and you, you, you're 100% sure that this is the Messiah. But when you are in prison and you, you're just thinking, I'm not going to get out of here, and when you just think that the, the only way out of here is, is my death, you, there are times, is there anybody like me, there are just times when you doubt? There's just times when you're thinking, oh, you know, is this true? Is there a God is this right and that's exactly what happened to John in this moving into a new chapter a new season of his life was this doubting the Messiah and so he sends his disciples for proof he had a few left he sent them to Christ's team to Jesus team looking for proof are you really and 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 in the changing of moving from one part of your story to the next you are wanting to know God, are you real? God, is this really you? Are you, are you on this? Is, are you in my life? Are you doing something? And uh, because it's not perfect, you see, for me. And, uh, you know, I, I'm in prison and I'm just wondering about all this. You can see what's in John's mind, yeah? And Jesus is so compassionate and so loving. And let me tell you what he does. In that, in that those first few verses of chapter 11... Verse 4, Jesus says, go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, and those who have leprosy are cured, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the good news is preached to the poor. Blessed is a man who does not fall away on account of me. Jesus' response is, 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 is quite amazing. Because John and all the, all, all the Jewish readers, they know their scriptures. And John could have quoted what Jesus was saying. And, and Jesus quotes Isaiah 29, 35, and 61. He lumps them together. And says, the blind, the lame, those who have leprosy, deaf here, dead erased, good news, it's preached to the poor. And they know exactly 
where he's speaking from. But what Jesus doesn't say is what he's trying to communicate to John. You see, John would have been expecting him to also quote, he left one thing out. In 29, 35, 61 of Isaiah, he left one thing out. And Jesus left it out because he was trying to speak to John. And the thing that he left out was the omission to proclaim freedom for captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. He leaves that out. John's expecting it because that's what the Messiah does. And I'm in prison, but he doesn't say it. Why? Because he's saying to John, John, is it okay for me to do something different to what you're expecting me to do in this next chapter? Are you all right if it's not perfect? Can I trust you in this next season, John? And then he says to him, let me speak about your future. You are going to be blessed. Don't worry. Hold on, John. You will be blessed. It's coming. Can, can God trust you if your life isn't perfect in the next chapter of your life? Or does he have to do everything that you want him to do? Can he trust you? Change your thinking. Repent. Change your thoughts. Secondly, have the confidence in who God says you are and what you can do. So, so, so um, John's disciples are leaving with this message and they will take this message back to the prison cell. And just as they're walking away from Jesus, Matthew records that still in earshot, Jesus speaks up and addresses the crowd so that they can still hear. And when Jesus addresses the crowd, he's speaking about John. So they're walking away now and they're hearing Jesus speak about John. You know, isn't it, isn't it lovely when you hear someone speaking about somebody else? in a really positive way. And they're walking away and they're taking this also. They're taking this also. What Jesus then says, they're taking this message also to John. And, and, and Jesus says this to the crowd. Chapter 11, verse 7. As the disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out to the desert to see? Did you go out to see a reed swayed by the wind? What Jesus says about you is greater than what you say about you, okay? And, 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 and this, we need more than ever, more than ever, more than ever, more than ever to be reading this. This, this my friends, the Bible is what God says about you. It needs to be daily, daily, daily in your life. I'm not embarrassed to even to say to Christians of many, many, many years, uh, asking them, are you reading it? Um, so, everyone knows where John is. He was previously in the, in the wilderness, but now he's in prison. He looked like God, a, a man that God was using, but now he's not being used by God at all. Was that a passing fad? Was that just like a here one day, gone the next? 
Was that flaky? Was that a, a, a reed blowing in the wind? No depth? What was Jesus saying when he said, what did you go out? When he went out to see John, what did you go out to see? Did you go and see a reed swayed by the wind? What's, what's he speaking about? Well, he's actually not speaking only about John. There's another, man in that, there's another man in those questions, and that man was Herod. And the reason why we know that is because Herod had his emblem printed upon his coins, and that emblem was a reed. Now, was that John blowing in the wind? No, not John. John is where he is because of courage. John is where he is because of conviction. He's not afraid to be the voice. He's willing to pay the price. He's not, gonna get, he's not given up. That's where he is. But now Herod, on the other hand, hmm, tossed around in the wind. Today, your circumstance may not be perfect and doubts and circumstances may be filling your mind, emotions, all that kind of thing. But what God says about you is greater. You are strong. You have got confidence in God. You can do this. You can move forward in this. That's what God says about you. You've got courage. Your circumstance may not be great, but you can do this. That's the message of heaven for you today. He also goes on to say, what did you go out to see in verse 8? Did you go out to see a man dressed in fine clothes? In contrast to Herod, the king, with all his finery and his palaces, John doesn't look like that. You know what John the Baptist looks like. He was a, a man who ate wild honey and, you know, locusts, and he dressed in, you know, camel's hair and, and, and a belt, and he just looked like wilderness man. Did you go out to see him in, with fine clothes? What's that about? No, Jesus is saying this. What, about, what, what happened to John was, was that he adapted to the situation that he was in. He lived in the wilderness and he became wilderness man. Where, you know, if you're going to be, there's nothing wrong with finery and fine clothes. That's for the palace. But, but in the desert, John became, he adapted to the circumstance that, he was, that was, he was in. I found, as I've traveled around the world, I found that actually people can live in incredible places. I've gone to like 50 degrees heat, and I'm thinking, I'm wilting. I've only been here two minutes. How do you live here? <laughs> it's fine. We've adapted. You go to the Himalayan mountains, you can't breathe. How do, you, how do you live here? It's okay. You don't need as much oxygen. I, I, I don't understand it, but there is this ability to adapt to the environment that we are in. And what the message of Jesus is about John is this. He, not only did he have courage, but he had the ability to adapt to the circumstances of his life. And I want to say to you and say to you is this. Don't lie down defeated thinking you cannot do life because you jolly well can do this life. Well, how, do, how do I know? I'm speaking to a follower of Jesus Christ who says things about you that trumps everything that anybody has ever said about you. And you, with the courage that God brings, can adapt to the situation. Change courage to move into the next chapter. Let me finish with this. And then I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to fall in this place. And for those who want to move into the next chapter of their life and, and for God to grab a hold of them, this is your moment today. Make a decision to continue to follow a moving God. Change courage, continue. 6th of June last year, in our news, it, it came on the BBC News, on the headline news. In a village in the north of Burkina Faso, 160, 160 people were slaughtered by um, ISIL, ISIS. 
And it was all, all on our news. Many of them were believers in Jesus Christ. Just killed instantly. Um, but that wasn't the whole news of that country that day. Because on that day, in their capital in Ouagadougou, at, on the same day, there was 400 delegates, one of which was our missionary, Barima, in a conference, five-day conference, making a plan for the next five years to have one church per thousand people or one church per village in Burkina Faso. Why do I tell you those two stories? Because I'm telling you this, that God keeps moving no matter what. No matter what is happening in Europe, God keeps moving. He's still there. He's working. Let me show you something in Matthew chapter 14. At that time, Herod heard, <laughs> it's quite comical. He heard reports about Jesus. And he says to his servants, this is John the Baptist who's risen from the dead. I mean, what a man of faith. He's just had his head chopped off. Herod did it. And he's now believing in resurrection. It's quite comical that this is Herod. Um, well, he was wrong, wasn't he? But he was partly true. He was wrong because Jesus was, was not the resurrected John the Baptist. But he was partly true because he discovered something about the truth within the kingdom of continuity. Herod removed John, but Jesus came. Jesus died, raised, ascended to heaven. Church was born. Throughout the history of the church, persecutions come, invasions come. But the spirit continues to rebirth, continues to move. Workers come. The Lord takes workers, whether from the pulpit or the pew, and more workers are born. More workers come. More workers come. When we lost all our missionaries in Zimbabwe in 78, we went through the next couple of years where there were more applications into the missions department than they'd ever known. Why? Because the spirit of continuity. God keeps moving. Did we not sing right at the beginning, who can stop the Lord God Almighty? Do we, do we not believe this message? That's what we sung this morning. It's a kingdom principle. The enemy nor nor, nor persecution or pandemic or, or, or anything that comes our way will stop God moving on this earth and in your life. Amen? <laughs> However, it all depends for you individually on whether you can still talk to Jesus. I talked to a man a few days ago. He'd been a believer all his life. I mean, this man was my age, 33. <laughs> He'd been a a believer all his life I said to him what are you talking to Jesus about and he couldn't answer me and I can just see that this man was not moving in God in fresh ways friends if you can still talk to Jesus this morning you are prized, positioned for God to move you into the next chapter. Let me show you this. 
in verse 12, chapter 14. John's been beheaded and John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. And then they went and they told Jesus. It's, it's, an, it's a verse packed with emotion. These devoted followers of John, their friend, their, their leader, and they pick up this body that's broken and beheaded and they go and bury it. And he's buried. And then they go and talk to Jesus. When it goes wrong, talk to Jesus. And he may be going wrong for you right now. Talk to Jesus. When the chapter closes, talk to Jesus. When you bury your friend, when dreams end, talk to Jesus. If you can still talk to Jesus, then you know it's not over. When people were hearing this gospel in the first century, what do you think what do you think was going through their mind when they were facing Nero and Domitian, the emperor, who was accusing them of the fire of Rome and they're facing their own persecution and they're, fa they're facing their own famine and so much was coming against them as Christians and they get this gospel and they see this transition and they're looking at this. What do you think's going through their mind? What's going through their mind is what's going through our mind right now. Is this, is the, it, it, it's the same thing is this if John's disciples talked to Jesus as one season comes to an end as one chapter comes to an end then so can I I can talk to Jesus today let me take you to a final story something that you'll remember it's etched in your mind and when I tell you the story you'll remember it it was on the news February the 15th, 2015, there was a video came on the news. We were shocked because for the, for the first time in our lifetime, we were seeing horrific things very, very close to home. Uh, on the Mediterranean Sea beach uh, of Western Libya, 21 Coptic priests, trainee priests in orange suits, were forced to the ground, knelt down to the ground before another beheading, their beheading. Not John's, theirs. And it was shocking. It shook our lives. How did the families get over that? How did they process that? How did they move into the next season of their life when they saw their loved one? Well, this is what happened at the studies of those videos, some that we never saw because they were too graphic, but the studies of those videos showed two things. Firstly, it showed that each one of those 21, before they were beheaded, looked at each other for encouragement and then each and every single one of them said out of their lips said ya rabbi yasa meaning oh my lord jesus when jesus is at the end of your sentence then you know it's not over Let's go right to the very, very end and say this to you. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the word of God. And they had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received his mark on their foreheads or their hands. And they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. When Jesus is on your lips, it's not over. Will Jesus be on your lips on your final day? As we saw that lovely video. I don't know when, your final, I don't know when my final day will be. 
but it's going to be a final move into a final chapter of our life where all things become new and there is no more mourning or crying or pain. And we'll move into a heavenly place, move into an eternal place. That will be our final transition, our final move into the next chapter of our life. But here on earth, will you be available still today for God to use you, man, woman of God? Maybe today you don't know Jesus and you will be in this place this morning and you are saying, I want God in my life because I want God to move me into the next season. And maybe that is exactly where you as a follower of Jesus and I'm saying to you is this, Will you change your thinking and will you stand in confidence and will you come before a God today and allow the Holy Spirit to move you? So I ask you, Holy Spirit of God, let's pray together. Allow this word to come into, upon you. Maybe something I said was just resonating. He's not finished with you yet. If you're here, it's not over. And he wants to continue doing work in your life. Change your thinking. Take up courage. Continue today. Do you want God to take you today into a new chapter? This is what we need to do. So I invite you, Holy Spirit, in this place. I'm going to ask us all to stand right now. We're going to, I'll just, Phoebe, we're going to do something there for us. Just lead on something. But just begin to open up your heart. And I believe there are people here this morning and you've come to church today and you know that there is more. You know that God has more for you. God wants to take your life and move you into the new things that he has for you. And I'm going to ask you to come to the front and we are going to pray for you. The pastors and the elders will be here and they will pray with you. And this is your moment of moving from one to the next. And you say, God, I'm going to embrace all that you have for me.